Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, and welcome to Newsweek's Parting Shot, your dose of everything pop culture. I'm H. Allen Scott. There's a new film out called I Love My Dad. It stars Patton Oswalt and James Morosini, who also directed and wrote the film. Now, let me tell you something. I get a lot of emails about new films and TV shows coming out. And as a writer, watching some of the films can become just kind of part of the job. You know what I mean? I see if I want to interview someone from the film, if it's any good, if it's worth featuring, et cetera, et cetera. And it isn't often that you watch a film or that I watch a film that I'm blown away by it. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm just sort of I'm gobsmacked by what I just watched. And I Love My Dad is one of those films because I was, I immediately begged to speak with James Morosini. I, he's, it is such a perfect film and it is based on a true story, which once I describe the film, you want to you stick around for my description of the film because knowing that it's based on a true story after you hear the description, I have a feeling your brain is going to explode, like that emoji with the brain exploding. That is actually going to happen to you right now. So go on, grab a snack because I will be right back. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm -mm -mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. I Love My Dad is about a young man who has a complicated relationship with his somewhat estranged father. He decides to block his father on social media, and it's the only way that the dad has to communicate with his son. So what does the dad do? He creates a fake account of a young girl his son's age and begins to essentially catfish his son. Oh, and to make this story even more interesting, it's based on a true story, something that actually happened to the film's star, James Morosini, who also wrote and directed the film. His father is played perfectly by Patton Oswalt. I've been saying for years that Patton Oswalt deserves an Oscar nomination. He's turned in some incredible performances over the years, and I really do feel like this film just might be the one that gets him his first nomination. 
So I spoke with James about the film, what it was like working on it, and where things stand with his family now. Anyone else have anything they want to say? Franklin? I uh, took some steps in setting healthy boundaries and blocked my dad online. He's never really been there for me when I needed him, and I'm done with that. Did you delete your profile? It's kind of the main way I was uh, staying in touch with you. My ex blocked me one time, and I just started a different page under a different name. I'll check it all the time. She never even knew. <laughs> I just started a different page under a different name. I met someone online. She's like smart, funny. And you've like talked to her on the phone and stuff? Obviously. <laughs> Soup. So how's it? So how's it going? Good. Can I pretend to kiss you? <laughs> Look, you asked for my help. Internet kiss your son. That's gross. Do you love him? Yes. Just kiss him already. <laughs> One of the things that I loved about the film, and you probably are getting a lot of this now that the release date is coming up and you've been doing things with it, that it, I loved it, but at the same time, it made me so uncomfortable, like so uncomfortable. Are you, yeah. are you prepared to have a lot of people share how uncomfortable they were watching the film? Cause it's going to happen really soon for you. I hope they do. Um, <laughs> I, I wanted to, I wanted to that I a part of me wanted to capture the discomfort and the embarrassment one gets fr from a parent and what yeah. it, like it, that felt uh, I don't know that 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 was kind of the the motivation around my wanting it to be a cringe comedy is that's mm -hmm. oftentimes how your parents make you feel especially at a young age yeah but this is like cringe on a next level because of you know the actions that the and this happened to you in real life as well correct right like yeah. this is this is can you yeah, explain that can you like yeah, I mean, unravel that for me yeah for sure so i think cringe comes from uh pretending to be someone you're not uh which is something uh, and then it being witnessed because i yeah. think it makes us realize oh shit, that's something we all do and and it it makes us uncomfortable having to reckon with that fact. Yeah. So conceptually the movie's about somebody pretending to be someone they're not. So, so cringe is pretty inherent with that mm -hmm. concept. Uh, mm -hmm. And I wanted to heighten that as much as I, as much as I possibly could um, mm -hmm. because it felt, it felt right for the story. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, and what's so I think interesting about it is that, you're right. Like we are all sort of, you know, playing a part a lot of times when we connect with other people, especially in dating situations, getting to know someone, but in all kinds of situations, I feel like we're all kind of putting on a front, but it's when we're confronted with it or when we're called out on it, that yeah. it, it becomes that sort of, when you become your most honest self in a lot of ways, don't 100%. you think? Yeah. I mean, when you look back at the first, your first posts you ever made on Facebook or Instagram, oh, oh. they kill you because you see so clearly the kind of person that you thought other people would like. Yeah. And you can see that you're not doing that good of a job mm -hmm. at trying to be that person. And, and it makes you cringe because 
you're like, what if I'm that transparently trying now? Mm -hmm. What if people can see me trying to be cool or likable now? That's, that's, it's, you're kind of caught off guard and surprised by your own uh, obviousness. And Mm -hmm. it's just go like, no, that can't, I, I, I thought I was hiding it better than that. Uh, (laughs) And that's what Chuck is doing. He, he, he's, he's hiding his true intentions. And so, you know, but we're seeing them so clearly throughout the film. I mean, it's so Facebook has this thing. I don't know if they still do, but it like reminds you of old pictures. You know what I mean? Like you just see it and you're like, Oh, I hate, I now hate myself. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I would like, I, I need to like, Yeah, you just are. It's just like reminder, embarrassing reminders of how you were trying to signal to other people your likability. I mean, it's so true that like I don't need that morning reminder of how much a loser I was in 2012. Like, I really don't because I know it. I feel it in my bones. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, so like when you're I mean, because this did happen to you and it. In a weird way, I have to admit, though, in watching it, because I come from a broken family, my parents are divorced, and like, I have a really complicated relationship with my father, I don't speak with him anymore. But, and so I'm always kind of drawn to stories of like, complicated father relationships. And even though, yes, it's so the what he's doing is creepy, in a way, it's uncomfortable. At the heart of it, I see that he's just trying to connect with you in a really screwed up way. And like, when you were creating it, when you were writing the script, because you wrote it and directed it and started it, like, how did you find that balance between finding the heart of the character of your dad while at the same time also recognizing that it's really fucked up? The heart of it was the motor throughout. We needed to really understand why Chuck was catfishing his son, and he's doing it potentially to try to save his son's life. Uh, and so I wanted to pose that moral question to the audience is doing something wrong. How do we feel about doing something wrong for the right reasons? Is that okay? It's not something that I'm totally clear on even. Yeah. Uh, I was really trying to reckon with that throughout the writing of it. And, and I, in order to get on, on board with the story, we really needed to net, we always needed to know the Chuck, was doing this because he loves his son, but he's never doing it because he's romantically of course, enjoying it. And, and also I wanted to kind of poke at this notion of romantic love versus familiar love mm-hmm. and how at its root, it's just wanting to feel seen and understood. And so even though it's a different form that Franklin thought the love was, he still ultimately experiences the love and connection regardless, which is yeah. confusing and was interesting to me. Well, and the motives behind both. I mean, it feels weird knowing that like the, a similar thing did happen to you. So I don't want to like talk about you as a character, but in a weird way. And even though you are in as a fictional character, like it is, you know, you're not playing yourself in the film, but in, in watching the communication, it does feel like, the motives behind why the the dad is doing it and why your character is doing it are very similar in that you just want to connect with someone. And like a lot of young boys, you know, 18, 19, 20 year old, young 20 kids, men specifically, 
they often like manifest that need for that parental love in the relationships, in seeking sexual love, in seeking, you know, a partner love. And it's, did you see that in, in sort of why your character was responding to the messages from your dad, but you don't know it's your dad? Uh, I, I think that all of our, I mean, all of, I'm a believer that all our entire experience around intimacy is ultimately connected to the ways we experienced intimacy as, as when we were kids. And mm -hmm. that's kind of our model of what intimacy is. And then that's usually reflected throughout our lives. Mm -hmm. um, and, um, you know, when you're, I think a lot of us have a feeling that if we were totally ourselves with the people in our lives, they wouldn't love us as much. But when we're online, we have a certain anonymity or uh, flexibility in, mm -hmm. in our identity, and we can kind of be whoever we want to be. And so, and, and we're able to almost be more ourselves, how we are that day, somebody that doesn't know any of our history. And so the idea of two people revealing themselves to one another under false pretenses uh, felt uh, just... It, it kind of crushed me and, and fascinated me at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. And it also, I mean, I think it harks to sort of like a very specific time period of the internet, specifically social media in that like you and I are this around the same age and yeah. Facebook was in, I think our late teens, early twenties, sort of like that, that era of sort of when it was first coming out and we were really figuring out how to use social media. We were figuring out how like, these things worked and how we communicate with strangers online. And I think it's dramatically changed since it, the way your character responds to this person messaging you would, he would that not respond today in the same way. It would be a very different response. So like, do you think the way we've changed how we connect with people online has changed and like how in the film are you, what era of the internet of social media are, is your character in really? Such a great question. I think it. I think he's in maybe a, a slightly earlier, uh, a slightly earlier day of Facebook. That said, it was important to me that he had a degree of vigilance and and was was skeptical of this person communicating with him because any of us would be. And yeah. throughout the film, he's pushing for you know, he's enjoying the connection, but there's also a part of him that knows maybe this person isn't who they say they are. Yeah. Uh, and, and so he's, it was important to me that the audience felt like he was really pushing for those answers. Mm -hmm. uh, otherwise it would just feel like he was too gullible and we wouldn't be on board with his character. We would just think he was being stupid because you're right now, uh, you know, now we, are we're we're very savvy when it comes to social yeah. media we can very quickly detect when somebody's pretending to be someone they're not yeah i mean my mom was recently hacked on instagram and mm -hmm. when people would message me and say hey is your mom really into crypto now she's asking for my <laughs> bank account. i would say dude are you come on like no <laughs> <laughs> like it's yeah it's pretty obvious doesn't it yeah, yeah it's i i was recently hacked um and it, they they created an only fans account for me the instagram oh, hacker and i was i was i was actually very flattered 
that they I, that they thought that I had an audience that would want that kind of content um, and not the ridiculous memes that I normally post. But, you know, it's <laughs> so funny. it's wild. Well, but like so the way I because I, I remember you know, in the early days of Facebook and early days of Twitter, you know, I was really active on everything and even Instagram in a lot of ways. And I would connect super quickly with a stranger, like, and there would be times that I would be asking myself, like, I don't know this person. Why yeah. am I, why am I giving them my information or like texting them pictures a lot of times? And it's, it's, did you do that? I mean, outside of, you know, the situation with that you were in with your father, like, did you have that experience? Were you are were you an active social media person, and have you waned since then? Yeah, I mean the 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 first iteration of the script was called Age Sex Location because <laughs> in early AOL chat rooms, which aren't as much of a thing anymore, they're more no. you know I don't know. I mean, I, I guess there are still chat rooms, but they're they're a lot seedier or they're not yeah. as commonplace. Uh, but you know, you'd, you'd ask people ASL. And, yeah. and when I had, when I was like 11 or 12, I had access to the internet. Yeah. And so, yeah, you're, you're hopping on chat rooms. You're asking people ASL, yeah. you're, you know, you're getting into all kinds of mischief. And yeah. so I, I definitely feel like our generation is a product of that. Uh, th those early mishaps of, yeah. of technology and and has kind of uh, has kind of changed our brains in a way with how mm -hmm. we interact with the world and and because uh, it was at such a, a, a you know you're you're at such an impressionable age when you're 11 or 12 that yeah you're really building the model for how how you see the world and um, and so yeah I mean I definitely. I was I was really excited to be talking to all these strangers at that age. Um, <laughs> since then, I, since then I, I don't I've I think I I have a more um, disconnected yeah. relationship to Instagram and social media and stuff. I because I think I'm more aware of uh, how addicted I am to that yeah. to it, and how I use it for validation or or. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I try to keep it kind of at arm's length and just use it as functionally as I can, as opposed to as entertainment. It's so interesting how in watching the film, it reminded me of when I was a kid, speaking of AOL chat rooms, I, I was just gay kid from St. Louis, Missouri. I needed to get to this, like this youth group. There was like a gay youth group in St. In the city of St. Louis, but I lived in the <laughs> suburbs and I could not, get to it i had no way of getting to it and so yeah. i called or on this aol chat room for like gay youth group thing i met this 18 year old who would who would give me a ride and i'm thinking like that should never have happened of course everything was fine i was fine i'm just saying no one try this please don't do this but like that came from aol and it came from sort of like a wild wild west of the internet of me just trying to find a connection in some capacity and it seemed in a lot of ways like your character also was doing the same thing, just sort of leaning into this need for like a connection to give your life kind of purpose in a lot of ways. Yeah, one hundred percent. It's it's funny. I uh, my when I was when I was thirteen or so, I had I had met a girl at camp, and uh, her screen name was Hot Mama Goose. And she <laughs> 
and, and my screen name was Bust Mav, which was short for Bust a Move. Okay. And we would uh, we would talk every day on this on this chat. But she lived in New Jersey. I lived in Boston. And at one point, my dad agreed to drive me from Boston to New Jersey to go see Harry Potter with her. And so that, that, I mean, that act of like love so that your son can connect with this person. And then I got, we went to Harry Potter. It was, you know, I didn't, I couldn't, I was too scared to kiss her. And so then we just went home, but like that, that influenced the way I told this story as well. That like a lot of the movie felt very anecdotal from my own life in that way. And it was combining a lot of, uh, different truths from my life yeah um yeah and it's the cast one of the things that i loved i mean you were fantastic and i had seen some of your work before before the film but i didn't really know a lot of about you i didn't know you as a creative at at all really in terms of writing and directing but when i saw that Patton oswald was in it it was like i mean he's Patton Oswalt. he's amazing of course but at the same time he also has this sort of ability to take awkward and turn it into heartwarming in a lot of yeah. ways, you know? Yeah. And he, he's the perfect person for this part. What was it like working with the cast in general, Rachel Dratch, Amy Landbeck, Landbecker? I mean, so many great people. But like, what was it like working with Patton that intimately? I mean, Patton is, he's, he has a very strong emotional, he's very emotionally intelligent. Uh, mm-hmm. So he, is able to detect nuance on the page and, and when things, and he plays everything with a lot of heart um, mm-hmm. and brings a lot of heart to everything he does. And, and so, um, but he's also hilarious and he's able to bring levity to darkness. Uh, yeah. And so he, he was, I had him in mind while I was writing it and uh, working with him was uh one of the best creative experiences of my life, I think, uh, just because it was, I think, one of the most vulnerable ones for both of us, where we were both really bringing ourselves mm-hmm. in full process. And then, I mean, the rest of the cast is amazing. I mean, Rachel Dratch and Lil Rel Howery are both hilarious comedians, mm-hmm. and comedic actors, but they're also, they both have so much depth. Uh, Amy Landecker uh, is an just an unbelievable person as well as actor. Yeah. She spent time with my mom. She became good friends with my mom. She got, she mm-hmm. took the role so seriously. And then Claudia Saluski, uh just blew me away with her commitment to the role and how uh, authentic her, her performance is and how invested she is throughout the process in making sure that everything she's doing is precise and yeah. truthful, uh, I couldn't have gotten more lucky with this cast. And I mean, what's so, I think, incredible, what I, I think is so interesting about the film is that it, A, I think Patton Oswalt has been overdue for an Oscar nomination for a long time. And I feel like this might 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 be the one that he gets it. I don't know. I hope so. I think Patton deserves it really badly. Um, but I also think, in a lot of ways, this is such a personal story for you that are you prepared for I mean, you're you really open your your story up in a lot of ways. It's and to to reveal that to lots of strangers is a really uncomfortable thing in a lot of ways for a lot of people. Are you prepared to sort of I don't know have people see that that part of your story in a fictionalized way and and 
react in that way because it's it's vulnerable. To be totally honest, I have no idea. I, I but I do know that that's what excites me about this uh, about being a storyteller in this way. It is having a certain uh, recklessness when it comes to this kind of thing. Those are the storytellers that I love is when there's risk, real risk being taken by the storytellers themselves. Yeah. Uh, those are the stories that I lean in most to. Um, I, I, it's also a way for me to make sure that I'm staying just really engaged with the stories is, is because uh, I, I, I've intentionally put so much skin in the game that mm. um, that I I'm motivated to make it as good as I can and put, to put every ounce of myself into it. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I think at our core, we're all a lot more alike than we are different. And mm. when we're forthcoming about what's really inside of us, that's, I think, when people are able to see themselves the most. Uh, as opposed to pretending to be someone we're not. Um, And and that's really, I think, thematically in line with the movie as well. And I think one of the things that like a lot of people are going to come from the film when they research and and learn more about the the inspiration for the film and you is I think they're going to want to ask like how, and I think I read you uh, that you said that it brought you closer to your family in a lot of ways in the writing this film and working on this film. Where, like, how are you with your dad now? Like, how is what? How did they react to this story? My dad has a luckily a great sense of humor, and he loves the movie. Uh, And he, this movie really is a love letter to him, and almost a delayed uh, catfish of sorts back to him. But Mm -hmm. there's there's always been that kind of mischievous sense of humor between the two of us. And uh, so he gets it. And I think, uh, I think he, he, he gets, he gets it. Uh, And, and uh, and it's given us a chance to celebrate our conflict Mm. um, and and celebrate the complexity of, of our relationship as father and son and, and uh, overcome those difficulties and, and connect with each other regardless of how um how difficult it's been up to this point yeah well my last question for you is if someone gets a dm let's say and and they don't know who this person is but the profile looks really good what is your advice for how to engage in this communication because this is going to be what people are really going to be asking you like what do you do um Oh man. <laughs> I, uh, I mean, you, you just, you gotta, you gotta just fall hard and fast for that person and, <laughs> and just disregard any red flags and just completely, you know, if they ask for your credit card information, you should probably just give it to them because they, <laughs> they mean well. And yeah, of course they're good people you know, that you might, you know, they're, they're good they're good people. So, you know, <laughs> I've been with reckless abandon. There is no one being mysterious or mischievous online at all. No one. Everyone's. No, it's a yeah. very kind and, and honest place. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, James, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. The film is fantastic. And it's I'm, I'm just I wish you all the success. It really was great. I appreciate you. It was great to meet you. 
I'm telling you, go see I Love My Dad. It is one of the most original films I've seen this year. And let me know what you thought of today's episode. You can find me at H. Allen Scott on everything. Thanks for listening to Newsweek's Parting Shot. If you liked what you just heard, you know what to do. Leave a little rating and review. It really does help the show. And maybe consider sharing it on social media. I will retweet you. For more on the latest news and podcasts, head to Newsweek.com and follow Newsweek on all the social platforms. Until then, watch something fun, maybe the film I Love My Dad, and have a great day. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.